You are listening to the Noisy Narratives podcast, a podcast produced by the Women of First Ministries at Frisco First Baptist Church in Frisco, Texas. Here at Noisy Narratives, we like to cut through the noise of our stories and get to the heart of what really matters. We hope you are blessed by what we share. Thank you so much for listening. Isn't it amazing? everyone. Welcome to Noisy Narratives. This is Debbie and I'm here with Christy. Hello, Christy. Good morning. Good morning. Or if you're listening to this in the afternoon or evening, I guess. Good afternoon. Good evening. Yeah, that's right. We are recording recording in in the morning. morning. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to say good morning to each other. That's right. We've got the preschool line going on outside. Yeah, outside. We're watching the adorbs. With the rain. So cute. I know. Watch them get out of their little cars mm-hmm. with their backpacks that are bigger than them mm-hmm. as they, they try over. to walk into mm-hmm. into school. But yes, we are here on this kind of rainy, dreary morning in Texas, Frisco, Texas. Yes. Um, I just wish it would snow. Can I just throw I that out there? Just we were just temperature a, drop. A few, we were we were a few snow. degrees from getting that with all this moisture. I woke up like two or three times on Sunday night, like just checking, hoping. like please. Please cancel school. Please snow and nothing. nothing. And then Gentry, I think I told you this story. I woke her up and I was like, okay, you have school. And she was like, I don't want to go to school. She's mean in the morning, by the way. She's a fabulous all day long. But you try to wake up and she will slap your hand. She will like Aww. come along and just be like, no, I'm not waking up. And I'm like, oh it's because she goes gosh. a mile a minute all day. She I know, but I just think, like she just people don't know anything about thing. her. Like she's so nice and kind she, and always, easygoing. I mean, always. But in the morning, she's rough. She's huh? brutal. Wow. Anyway, so I'll try to wake her up. And no, she goes, "Do we have school?" I said, "Yes." So you have to go to school. She goes, "My stomach hurts." And I go, "No, you're not sick. Get up. You got to go to school." <laughs> she's trying. Anyway, I really want I my hoping. stomach to hurt. Even I know. You're like, you really don't, because 15 minutes from now, you're gonna wish. <laughs> I know. I know. Let's go get your honey up. Come and let's on. go to school. Because once she's in school, I bet she's golden. She's she great. Loves no, she just Life has to get out of yes. bed. Like even when she yes. arrives at the island so to eat. Are you waking her up from a full sleep? Oh yeah, because oh. her and Brinley share a room, and so she wakes up before Brinley, and she's on the top bunk. So I put my hand up there, and whatever body part I get, whether it's her head, her cheek, her back, I just start like moving my hand, rubbing, like "Good morning," like you got to wake up. I mean, and that hand comes flying over so fast, just <laughs> get your hand off my, and I'm like. You gotta wake up. I can't wake up, Brindley. But she is me. <laughs> she will swap me so fast. No. And I'm like, and then she'll say, "Go make me breakfast." And I don't even care that she's saying it in such a horrible tone. That I'm like, okay, well at least she's talking. I'm leaving. Okay, bye. It's good of you not to take that personally and understand that just part of living oh, yeah. with each other is knowing each other's idiosyncrasies, and that's gonna be one of those waking up out of full sleep. Oh, yeah, she's horrible. She is just going to have a rough time. Uh Uh-huh, she is. (laughs) Even when you're on the island, you said, Mm -hmm. she has a rough time. Well, no, no, when she makes it to the island, she's fine. She's happy. She's like, good morning, and I'll be like like a whole other human. Okay. It's like she has to transform. She has to walk through that universe of sleeping, get out of it, and then she gets out of bed, and she's like, "Mm, good morning. She's not a big talker, but... Which is fine, but she will will hit you hard if you wake her up in the morning. Mm-hmm. Would never Probably. have guessed. I know. I that's figured what she I... got out of bed with a big smile on her face. No. Hello. Mm-hmm. Singing songs. Singing, Mm-mm. singing in the rain. Good no. morning. Good morning. I mean, maybe when she gets out of the bunk bed, but to get her to that it state. Is, is rough. You better put on some armor because you're going to get hurt. 
Anyways, so this morning I was laying in bed and reading Psalms 103. So I thought we could talk about that this morning. I've actually been reading, um, since I do it on the app in the morning, Mm -hmm. well, depending on where I'm at, I've been reading the complete Jewish Bible and I really like it. It's bizarre, but I do like it. And why do you like it? I like how they say that and expect me not to ask why. No, no, that's fair. I like it because I like the different tenses, the different verbs, the different words that they use. Mm -hmm. So like if I'm reading right now, it says, bless Adonai, my soul versus like, bless the Lord. Um, so I'll read it. How about I read it in the Jewish Yeah. and then you read it in whatever version you want. I have the CSB. So yeah. So we're just going to do, let's just do one through five. Perfect. Bless Adonai, my soul. And it has an explanation point. Everything in me, bless his holy name. Bless Adonai, my soul, and forget none of his benefits. He forgives all your offenses. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He surrounds you with grace and compassion. He contents you with good as long as you live, so that your youth is renewed like an eagle's. Interesting. I know. Okay, the CSB says, My soul, bless the Lord and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. My soul, bless the Lord. And do not forget all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with good things. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. Huh. See, I like when I was kind of like having the Adonai in there. I do too. And I like how they put God or him before they put us, my soul. Mm. Like, I feel like we're very self-centered sometimes when I read it. My soul, bless the Lord, versus uh-huh. your says what? Bless Adonai, my soul, which it's very, and un- I was looking this up because soul. it's very unusual in the Psalms for you to see a blessing from, like, to say it first. Bless Adonai, my soul. Like, that's very unusual in the Psalms. And I thought, well, that's interesting. But then it also, we go down to four. He redeems your life from the pit. And I thought we could talk about the pit and we could talk about eagles. Because I did a deep dive in, I didn't do a deep dive in the pit, but a pit, you know, what does that mean when it says in verse five, he redeems your life from the pit. When you read that, what do you think of? What imagery comes to mind? Hmm. You know, I. It's not a trick the, question. No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> your first, th- the first thing I'm thinking of is hell. He redeems oh, your life from the pit okay. of hell, yeah. right? But then the second thing I think of, if you're thinking about life here on earth, you're just thinking, I would think a life of like darkness, mm. like a life of depressed, like despair of my despair yeah. of in my mind of bitterness. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of where the places our mind goes mm. if we're not careful. And so I think my mind could be like a pit Yeah, and he redeems your life from the pit so they can and sometimes my husband and I call our house the pit of despair, depending on how oh. it looks. <laughs> Is that from Princess Bride? Yes. Okay. <laughs> sometimes there was one. It happened. We were we were just married. It was a crazy, crazy life. And uh, we walk into our apartment, and it's a mess. And we're like, the pit of despair. <laughs> That's awesome. So now it's a thing for us. Uh-huh. If we come in, and it's like, we got so much to do. We're like, the pit of despair. <laughs> That's cute. Um, but anyway, yeah. that. It's just somewhere you don't want to be. Well, so I was thinking of Joseph. Like I instantly went to pit. I was like, Joseph was thrown in a pit. And like, think about him. Well, that would be a pit in my mind. You're right. Because it's awful. But it was narrow. Like when he Mm -hmm. was thrown in, he would have been like stuck in this coffin. Mm -hmm. Like. Yeah, that's what I think of. 
Ugh, yeah, you're I right. don't matter That's how big horrible. the pit is. I mean, big or small, but you're still like you're stuck there. You you're can't go stuck. anywhere. You can't get out, Mm-mm. and somebody has to get you out of there. And I think that would be horrible. Yeah, and you are solely dependent on you were st- you were in there, and you know there's nothing you nothing. can do to get yourself no. out. And haven't you seen movies where people are in pits and they're okay. trying to crawl out, and you're like, yeah. keep going, girl, you can do it. But there's, I mean, dirt doesn't give you any traction mm-hmm. to get up. I mean, if you're in rocks, maybe I thought. And I thought, oh, that's good. He redeems you, f- your life from the pit. Like yeah. your life has value. He redeems it from in, the pit. In my version, it's a capital P. Oh, that's interesting. Not in the Jewish version. Oh, see this version, it's a capital P, which that's why I originally thought hell since um, it was a capital P. Okay. But. Interesting. I'm like, I think you can metaphorically call it many things. Oh, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> that's what's so good about so, it. And then yeah. I thought I was stuck on so that your youth is renewed like an eagle's. And mine has mm. eagles like. Um, plural like eagle what's that word called thing and with an s like plural like eagle what why how does how is an eagle renewed yeah and like I was, eagle, i thought that was interesting too but, but we he take carries it for me granted. on wings of eagles isaiah mm-hmm. remember the isaiah verse where it talk, i'm going to switch to the esv real fast isaiah 40 31 talks about what you're saying right there where it says 40 sorry we're on our phones but they who wait for the okay. lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up like wings mm-hmm. like eagles they shall run and not weary they shall walk and not faint but I thought, how does an eagle so of course i go mm-hmm. to youtube this is like at three in the morning when i can't sleep i, I go to youtube and it talked about eagles there was like something floating around um youtube on had said how eagles fly up and they they live to 70 years old and they fly up to their nest and they bang their nose their beak because their beak is made out of the same material our nails, nails are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they bang it and break it down. And then you read like the rebuttal and they're like, that sounds great. And it's so inspirational, but that's not true. <laughs> Eagles live to maybe 40 years old. One lady was like, I've, I've seen them live to like 37. And it talked about how this um, Psalms is really talking about their wings and their feathers. Not about their their mm-hmm. claws and their beaks but yes so and it takes place over time so their feathers do fall off and they grow new feathers and that's how they become oh new of course like eagles that was a good i thought it was a good psalm i really yeah, was like I love reading it. going oh this is this is good thank you lord i needed this my, everything in me bless his holy name bless my mm-hmm. soul and forget none of his benefits he forgives all your offenses he heals all your diseases he redeems your life from the pit he surrounds you with grace. You had a different wording there. He surrounds mine says He crowns grace. you with faithful love and compassion. Yeah. This one says he surrounds you with grace. I like the surrounding. Yeah, I do too. See, I do like that about the Jewish Bible. I do think their words are better illustrations of what it really is like and gives you a better picture um the Hebrew word. So it surrounds you with grace and compassion. What follows you all the days of your life? Love and love mercy. and mercy. Mercy. So love and mercy will follow oh, all, the all the days, days of your life, mm-hmm. but Grace and compassion will surround you also. That's cool. And he contents with you with good as he contents you with good as long as you live so that your youth is renewed like an eagle. So we share that in hopes that whoever's listening finds um, encouragement from Psalms 103, whatever version you listen to or read. Yeah, it is encouraging for sure. And our, our guest today has a story that she hopes encourages people. Oh, Ashley. Yeah, this is going to be good. Yes. So good. She um 
she just has a real sweet spirit about her, you know, but she's not through some significant health mm-hmm. challenges. And so she's going to share those. Um, but also just share kind of what has helped her in her heart and her mind and her soul, just and peace. her walk with the, and her, her walk with her the walk Lord. With the Lord, yeah. Mm-hmm. She would say he redeemed her from a pit, and walking the cancer journey was a pit for her, but she found him in it, in a more solid way. And I hope, hopefully, you can hear that as you listen. My voice sounds so really too. deep today. Really, it's the weather. <laughs> we'll blame everything on the weather. <laughs> really deep today. Sorry, <laughs> but yes, we hope you enjoy the interview and. Um, which I say, I'm going to take this part out because I'm like, I don't know how to close it. So anyway, we hope you have a great day today. Yes. <laughs> we hope you enjoy the interview. Okay. We are here with Ashley Weaver um, today, who I have just met. So I'm excited to have this conversation with her. Mm-hmm. Christy, of course, knows her because Christy knows the world. So she does. <laughs> well, she seems to bring the world in on our there podcast, which is amazing. It's just God puts people, people in my path, I think, that share their stories. And you and know, I have, hey, uh-huh, totally. Yeah. Which is so great. Yeah, I have That's no problem. Grateful might come for that. On. I know. Um, but anyway, why don't you introduce Ashley Christie? Because you know her. You guys have been friends. We've been right? friends for six years. We started when Gentry and Emma were on the same soccer team through Frisco Soccer. We just got put on the same team, right? And then we mm-hmm. realized... We were in the same school district. I always well, loved that part. Well, they went to kinder together as well. Yes. Gentry well, I mean, but before they were even in kinder, we were on the yes. same soccer team. And then that's what I love. Like, oh, you meet people before and be like, oh, we're going to go to school together. Or like Gentry's on a team right now where some of the girls are going to be at the same high school. And I'm like, yay. Like, that's so fun. Yes. I love that projection. Anyway, so we met about six years ago and you were married to Eric and you've got three kids. You've got Jackson, who's eight, Emma, who's 10 and Ellie, who's 12. Um, and you you're in the middle of all of it, man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very right busy. Now. It's yes. very busy. That yes. is a busy time. Yeah. You've got, that's the way my kids were three right in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Eight, 10, 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and each of them have their own fabulous personalities. Yes. They Emma do. just turned 10. She just had her birthday party, which was fun. Gentry loved it. They made cakes. She had Aww. them. It was a great idea. She had them all like, she already made the cakes. They iced it. And then they did fondant icing, I guess, because Gentry was like, look at this. It's fondant icing. And then they got to decorate, and then they judged them. Okay. It was a really yes. cute idea. We've never seen that before. How many children did you won. do that with? There was only five. Okay. So it was a very small Still. party. So Still. That's an endeavor. I know, but I thought, what a great yeah. idea. That's like, great I'm going to use that. Like, That's even awesome. for Brinley's birthday for a 16 or 17 it'd be so fun it is for them now you can have all the things and all the little um, bags that you can use yes and And that's what i did just had different colored frostings and sprinkles and spiders and one girl looked like a big old spider web just or an icing full of poop yes exactly it was just i looked at i was like oh my gosh she just I'm going to put uh, more yeah. different color. Maybe a spaghetti plate would be a better analogy than that. <laughs> uh, but one. it was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy, yeah. but it was cute. So Yeah, I try not to <clears throat> micromanage. So I just gave them the bags yep. and I was like, okay, just you have to hold it like this. Otherwise, it's going to squeeze out the other mm-hmm. end. And They had a blast. Yeah, it was that fun. It was so fun. Fun. So was you're awesome. here to tell us about your journey through breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember when you were diagnosed with it. Um, we've been moms in prayer too. We've prayed for the kids together at Rogers. Um, Ashley is an awesome, godly, wise Christian woman. And so when you got diagnosed with it, we had multiple conversations, Mm -hmm. but it's been, it was funny at one point I was like, Oh goodness. Like that's a lot. 
because you're a good communicator and you were keeping us abreast of everything that's going on. And then you got to a point where I thought it was interesting. And that's what I can't wait for you to share with us that you had to deal with different things. Mm -hmm. And so you Mm -hmm. went about your journey way different Mm -hmm. than I've ever seen anybody go about a diagnosis like this. And so I hope that you, I know you will share with us that journey. So tell us about, um, diagnosis, how you Mm -hmm. got diagnosed just from that point on. Okay. Um, so it was, um, May of last year that I had a mammogram and they saw so something. So May of 2022? <clears throat> yes. May of 2022. Okay. Um, they saw something in the mammogram and they wanted me to come back in for an ultrasound or for a second mammogram and then an ultrasound if they still couldn't see what was in the mammogram. So I did that. Um, and of course they found the tumor and we biopsied it that day, got a call a week later that it was indeed breast cancer. Um, so met with a breast surgeon, she got the pathology back and it was triple negative, which is, um, the most aggressive form of breast cancer. So, um, it was just a whirlwind of doctor's appointments and fear, just completely consumed with fear. Um, which do you want to do that part of the backstory too? Because you do struggle with anxiety and fear. Yes. Before this. Yes. So yeah, I mean that part. I was anxious as a child. Um, I was not. I was not saved until I was thirty-seven. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think that's where fear, the spirit of fear, was able to just attach to me as a child because I had no. I had no relationship with Jesus. I had no belief. I had no foundation. So, um, so yes. Yeah, so, and the, this story could be mm-hmm. hours long. This podcast could be hours long if I got into all the details of it. And it's also, um, Greg Moore said, make light of what the devil has done and make much of the Lord. So that's what I try to do. I, I, I want to give as much information as I can to hopefully help someone else who may see themselves in my story. But I want to glorify what God has done over everything else. So it's, it's hard to get mm-hmm. into all the details without glorifying what Satan has done, mm-hmm. what the enemy has done. So anyways, um, I was saved at 37. Um, that in itself was an experience because I... Tell us a little bit about that. wasn't raised in a church at all. Mm -hmm. You know, my mom was a believer. My dad was a believer, but he was raised Baptist, Hellfire Damnation. So Mm -hmm. he went the opposite direction. Religion sometimes turns people away. So we, you know, we didn't go to church. Um, I didn't know anything about Jesus, really. I knew Christmas and Easter, and that was about it. So anyways, you know, through the years, I know the Holy Spirit was was working on me and he would place people in my life and, um, God would place people in my life and, you know, kind of try to guide me. And so I had some things that kind of, I think made me intrigued to being a Christian. I wanted to be a Christian, but the whole story of immaculate conception and Jesus walking on water and it, all of that was so far-fetched for me that, um, I just couldn't, I couldn't quite believe it, even though I wanted to. So I believed in God. I believed a creator created us, um, 
but I hadn't accepted Jesus. And so at 37, I was, I had three kids. I had a brand new dog. All of my kids were, you know, seven and under. Eric was traveling more and I was just in this dark place. And I don't, I don't know why. All I can say is that the enemy, I think at that point was really trying to, um, take a hold of my life. So just trying to influence me with, with all the things to make me focus on all the negative, all the dark things. And so anyways, I came across this article, um, on Facebook that somebody shared about the end of times and how everything, you know, kind of that we're going through matches up with things in the Bible prophesied about. So at that point, it just, it was like, okay. And I said, it was my own little prayer of salvation. It was pretty much, okay, Jesus, I'm tired of trying this, doing this on my own. I'm going to give you a chance. And in that moment, it was an experience. I mean, I wish I could just live in that place that I experienced that night and for probably a month afterwards because I could, it sounds weird, but I could almost see this calm just Mm. come over my house. Just the whole atmosphere changed and the peace that I had was just like nothing I'd ever experienced before in my life. And I'd struggled with severe anxiety from the time I was 11. So after that, I experienced just joy and peace and love and love for others, just seeing people through a totally different lens, um, just accepting others in a way that I never accepted people before. And in that moment, every before I thought I had to do all these things to be a Christian, I had to read the Bible, I had to go to church, I had to do this, I had to do that, I had to give, I had to da 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 all these things that I believed I had to do to be a Christian. And in that moment, I knew that God took me just the way that I was and that he would do the things, he would work on the things that I needed to change or needed out of my life. And so after that, you know, I dove into the Bible and, you know, worship music and, you know, just all these things and just, um, it changed everything. Jesus changes everything. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, after that, you know, I was in a good place. Of course, COVID hit and, you know, it got a little rocky there. It was like, what is going on? And, um, during that time, this kind of feeds into the cancer story. Um, I was finding, trying to find information on the COVID vaccines and came across a doctor, his name is Dr. Ben Edwards, and he was speaking in front of the Texas State Legislature, talking about the vaccines. And so after that, I started following him. He's got a podcast called You're the Cure, and he is a functional medicine doctor, conventionally trained doctor that switched over to functional medicine. So, um, so that I will come back to later on when I get into the rest of the story. But so through COVID, I still had still dealing with some anxiety and fear and everything else. Then before I got diagnosed with breast cancer, my dad passed away. So that was February. Um, and then two months later was diagnosed. So at that point, I know just the spirit of fear was just, um, almost strangling me is what I felt like. And I was not close with my dad. I loved him very much. Um, but he was an alcoholic and 
there was a lot of issues that I had with him because of that. Anger issues, you mean? Um, I think more just uh, a little bit of resentment. Um, your my life dad, could have been different. Yeah. Type of a thing. And my There's dad a had a heart of gold. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he, because of his alcohol, the, the alcohol, he just would kind of get in his own way. And, mm-hmm. um, so many, many, many years of just being frustrated with my dad. And because when he would drink, he would, uh, he would take it out, like get kind of speak ugly to my nephews and to my mom and I always bit my tongue. I didn't say anything. And I think that in itself led to a lot of internal, um, I don't know how to explain it, but just, just keeping that in, not letting, not letting it out, not saying things, not trying to, um, tell my dad to stop and trying to protect my nephews, trying to protect my mom. I think I just kind of bottled that up. So when he passed, you had nowhere to go with it anymore. Yeah. Yes. And then I had this thought of, well, you, you don't deserve to grieve Mm. because you, you felt this way. Right. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, everything just, um, it came out in panic attacks. That's the best I can explain it. Like my, I, I was holding it all in and my body was like, you can't. And so I ended up having panic attacks, one that lasted for like a day and a half. And I ended up going into my doctor. She did an EKG and I had an abnormal EKG. So get through all of that. I'm on Klonopin and Xanax and metoprolol and, you know, all the things. Go to a cardiologist, have my heart checked out. They do a um, sonogram of my heart and then um, a stress test and all of that was normal. So I started getting off of all that medication. You know, it was just, it was anxiety. It was, and honestly, yeah, it was. because that's a lot. That's mm-hmm. a that that almost will put you in a bit of a fog through the day, right? Just yes. With, oh yeah. With that um, hefty of a medication yes. loaded on there. Yes. So, um, and it was just that the spirit of fear was just like I said, it was just strangling me at that point. So I start to feel like I'm kind of coming out of that. Have my mammogram, find out it's triple negative breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So, just fear, 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 fear. So, and everything that I'm doing, every decision I'm making is based on fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of Dr. Ben Edwards, I had listened to his podcast since COVID. And I had just listened to a podcast in March, I believe. It was just a couple months before that um, he had on, her, her name is Alyssa Perez, and she was diagnosed with stage four uh, ovarian cancer. And a friend of hers had introduced her to Dr. Ben and Dr. Ben kind of um, started her on a protocol with integrative therapies. So, and I had through COVID first through the years of, of listening to him, I would just, if I had a question, I would just email him. I would just email their info at veritasmedical.com. And I would just email and say, this question's for Dr. Ben. And every time I would get a direct response from him, or I would just thank you for your information, whatever. So when I found out, I told Eric, I was like, I'm going to reach out to Dr. Ben. And so I emailed him. I found out Father's Day weekend that it was uh, breast cancer. So I emailed him on Friday, heard back on Saturday, and he gave me 
several different resources. Of course, there's some great um, facilities in Mexico that you can go to. One is called Hope for Cancer, and they do all of these integrative therapies that we can't get here in America. So, but it's not cheap. Insurance oh, won't sure. pay for any of it. For it. No. Yeah. So you're talking $40,000. Mm. So, and then traveling away from the kids, and I just knew that wasn't going to be an option. So he had an integrative, um, his name is uh, Micah, and he is with Worldview Wellness. And he was a PA under Dr. Edwards. And Dr. Edwards paid for him to be trained under an integrative oncologist, Dr. Nasha Winters. And she's got a book out there called The Metabolic Approach to Cancer. So she was diagnosed at 19 with stage four ovarian cancer, was told to go home, get your affairs in order. Instead, she went home. She was going to medical school at the time, and she just dug in. So now she's 55, I believe. She's about to open her own metabolic approach to cancer hospital. Um, So, And she's traveled all over the world just trying to find different therapies that aren't offered here in America. So Micah was trained under her, and so I got with them, and they're Christian. Dr. Edwards is Christian, like everything that it's all for the gospel, it's all for the kingdom of God. So that's how he came to be a functional medicine doctor, was God just kind of shifted him. So um, so I reached out to them and started on Real fast, so you started your chemo though, right? Don't you get poured in? Yeah, um, I've got to go back and think. Okay, I feel like you so, got your port and you shared your port with your chemo and your integrative, or was that later? No. So I I met with Mike and Ty before doing anything else, and that's when wait, we got to start. Wait, we got to talk about <laughs> the doctor saying to get it out or not get it out. That conversation yeah. we had. Yeah. When do you so, want to talk about that? Yes. Okay. So keep. So. <laughs> Sorry, so this sorry. Is, this is going to be all over the place. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm, no, I apologize. So you're to the doing listeners. a great job. Yeah, you're I doing do a great me, job explaining. No. Um, this is what happens when Christy knows pieces of the story. I know. <laughs> Tell that part of the story. That's so important. Yeah, which is great. I love it. Um, and Christy's so excited for you. So I think that's amazing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but well, I'm, I mean, I'm excited because she's living. Yes, number one, for and sure. then she's sitting here. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. It's wonderful. Yes. And I'm I am sitting here like on the edge of my seat. Like I'm like listening. Um. But I think where we're at is you're meeting with Micah and you've decided I'm going to meet with him and just get all the information I can at this point. So yes. right now, everything information gathering, everything integrative I know, I'm learning, yeah. I'm going to figure this out. It sounds like you have a bit of a foundation in that area because of the research you had done on mm-hmm. COVID, that kind of stuff mm-hmm. already. So you're kind of coming from that. Mm-hmm. So you're information gathering. He says to what, and then you also, it sounds like according to Christy, you have a medical doctor too. So you're kind of running in this parallel universe. You've got these two things. Yep. And I do think what is hard about this parallel universe is, is it's hard to find doctors that are willing to merge those two very well. And so I have a feeling that's where your story is going, that you're going to have to do that merging yourself, Mm -hmm. which takes a lot of bravery, courage, confidence, you know, and trust in the Lord that, Hey, I'm going to do this the best I can and mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, so where you you gather all the information mm-hmm. and then what? So at this point I've got the appointment with the breast surgeon. I've got Mike and Ty, everything starting with them. Then 
you know, the breast surgeon says, well, you know, it is triple negative, so you need to meet with an oncologist. He's probably going to recommend that you do chemo and then surgery. At that point, I, I just wanted out of my body. Um, and that's where I, I truly feel like that's where God was trying to lead me. But when you have all these outside worldly voices coming in, it's and then hard. you've got it's a fear. lot of noise. It's a yeah, lot of fear. noise to you go through. You can't quiet that enough yeah. to hear the still small voice. Yeah. And so the fear was just, it, mm. it was louder than anything else. Mm. So when I was talking to you, I met with the oncologist. He was wonderful. You don't meet people like this because when I told him, when we first met him, I said, I, I want to do an integrative approach. I want to do everything that I can to help my body. And he said, I am all for that. He said, if you need me to talk to Mike and Ty, I'm more than happy. So he did. He had a phone conversation with Mike and Ty. That's amazing. Yes. And he explained to them why he was suggesting chemo. They wanted to know a lot more information before they blasted my body with chemo. Because unfortunately, chemo, it is everything that they do with chemo is a protocol. Mm-hmm. There's nothing specific to you as a person no yeah it is a protocol Mm -hmm. so I had friends that I met that were going through the same breast cancer and we all had the same treatment plan Mm. so they wanted to know more information and he was wonderful about you know talking with them when I explained to the breast surgeon that we were gonna that we were leaning towards waiting on chemo and 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 Dr. Melvin, my oncologist, said, you know, he said, I don't think either door you choose is going to be the wrong door. If you want to do surgery first and then chemo, because they were recommending chemo no matter, he said, I think that's fine. The, the, where they kind of, I think, decided to push me into chemo was because there was Keytruda immunotherapy that had just been introduced into the breast cancer arena and you could not get the immunotherapy if you had surgery first because it was kind of under like a trial kind of thing. Everyone was recommending the Keytruda, like it's great and wonderful and all these things. So, but you had to do chemo first in order to get the Keytruda. Can you tell, do you know why? Like what? I'm why? not is sure why. Reason? Why is that the word? I'm not sure. You no, know, now I'm super reading curious. between the lines. It sounds like it's they need more people to do it to see the effects it has on you on more of y'all since there's no. I'm so guessing. You don't think, you don't I think don't there's know. a medical reason. You think there's a we no, want oh, information no. and research uh-huh. reason. Yeah. Oh, definitely not a medical reason. We need ra- we need rats. <laughs> oh, yeah. We need lab rats. Oh, 100 percent. Yes. That's what I would. Oh, no medical I'm reason. Picking up on what no she's medical, saying. Reason. no medical reason. So there no. wasn't a medical reason why you couldn't do the surgery now. No. But they just wanted you to try this. But if you mm-hmm. did, you had to do it with the chemo because mm-hmm. you couldn't. Okay. And you can't do immunotherapy, I wouldn't think, right out of surgery either because your body can't take that. Because isn't it? There's a Yeah, I would probably have to issues. wait a little while before and they didn't doing want any you to of wait. it. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And, you know, with chemo, it is targeted to attack the tumor itself. So then if you're doing the chemo first, they can really see if it's working on shrinking the tumor. Oh yeah, but that's true. If you take you know. the tumor out, right? You can't, right? If you could go okay. back to that, what would you do? Uh, I would have done like you and I talked about take in the in, beginning. We'll tell everybody what we talked about. <laughs> Nobody knows. Well, so Christy, I you know I talked to Christy about just doing the integrative approach 
surgery and the integrative approach. And not chemo and not at doing all. chemo at all. So and if you could go back, you would have surgery mm-hmm. and then do... I don't even know if I... Honestly, where I'm at now in my faith, I if I was where I'm at now, hmm. I wouldn't have done chemo and I wouldn't have done immunotherapy. I wouldn't have done surgery. I don't know if I would have done all the integrative stuff. Okay, so because we're going to table where that, my faith and we're going to go that. Yes. We're going to hit that at the end because I, I don't want to yeah, derail the story, but because that's a whole other conversation. It is, yes. but if, um, but right now, so you're doing the two. You end up doing chemo. You end up doing this new immunotherapy, immunotherapy. stuff, mm-hmm. and you're working with your integrated guys, mm-hmm. Ty and mm-hmm. Micah. And so, how does this now end up progressing? Like, what happens as you're moving forward? <laughs> so many bits to this story. So many bits. Um, so, yeah, so in July, Mike and Ty speak to Dr. Melmid, and they say, okay, we, we agree to go ahead and do chemo first. So I listen to all of those things um, instead of just sitting and praying and really talking to God about where I should go. You know, I was talking to God the whole time, but I just, it was everything in my head at that point had to be done medically and not through God. So, mm-hmm. so I get the port, I start on chemo, I'm doing my integrative treatments, I'm doing uh, high dose IV vitamin C, I'm doing subcutaneous mistletoe injection, which mistletoe is, it is the mistletoe plant. And they extract it it. from somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They extract it and it's known to, to fight cancer cells. Um, They use it in other countries as part of their immediate treatment for for cancer. cancer. Yes. It is a very cheap, it's not a drug, so it can't be patented. So, so nobody's making nobody's money. Nobody's making money. So we don't use it here in America. You can, you can use it. You're not doing anything illegal when you have a doctor prescribe it for you. You just have to find it somewhere. Right. Yes. Same thing with high dose vitamin C. It is proven to fight cancer cells, but they, there's not enough studies because pharmaceutical companies pay for the studies and they can't make money on the high dose vitamin C because it comes from nature and can't be patented. So it's, there's all these things that, of course, I'm learning about. I mean, thankfully, through COVID, I kind of was exposed to things aren't as they seem. But it was like, man, this is... There's definitely a big pharma is, issue in this country. There's huge. no doubt. Yeah, there's huge. no doubt. Yes. So if... Um, Thanks, Captain Obvious. You are, right? <laughs> I'm like, it's horrible. It's horrible. Um, so bad. So you're going through all this and when do you start noticing like things are better? Like, was there like an aha moment? Cause you're doing all these, it sounds like you're doing very much a hodgepodge of protocols that you're having to put together yourself. And well, decide, yes, Mike and Ty, yeah, Mike and Ty have a, a wonderful, wonderful plan for me. And then they're doing specialty testing and they're trying to see, okay, what is going wrong in your body to allow cancer to thrive? Um, and I can tell you now 100% what was allowing cancer to thrive in my body was the years of fear. I spent from the time I was about 11 in and out of fight or flight, which you're talking cortisol levels, high stress through the roof Mm -hmm. on and off. And cortisol will shred your body. It shreds your immune system. It shreds your hormones, your muscles, everything. 
And that's where I stayed. I stayed in this pretty much high level fight or flight on and off through my life. So that disrupted every system in my body. But didn't a doctor ask you, do you have something that's unresolved or you haven't dealt with anger? I remember that being a doctor, pivotal moment. For yes. You. So Dr. And your mom ben, staying with her mom, staying with her during all of this. Yes. Okay. She was amazing. Yes, she was. She stayed yes. with her. Ashley's Couldn't have done through, it without my mom. Yeah. yeah. She was awesome and taking care of the kids and yep. meals and Ashley's losing her hair during this point. Mm hmm. And then she grew it back. It looked really great. It still looks great. It looks it cute. It, it looks cute. super cute. But even when it was like short and spiky, it was yeah. super cute. But so you're going through all of that. Like we're not talking about the physical part. You're talking a lot about the medical part, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But the physical parts were still taking a toll. Oh, yeah. On you. Exhausted, tired. But you still took the kids to school and picked them up yep. for most of the days. Your yeah. Mom and was I mean, there. I really did feel because I had friends that were, you know, that I met that were going through the same treatment. And you know, my symptoms weren't the same as theirs. And I know it was everything that Mike and Ty had me doing all the integrative stuff. So you're saying your symptoms were an improvement compared to theirs. Yours yes. Was as not far as, as the, yeah, the, the effects of chemo, mm. I didn't, I didn't feel that bad. I'd have a day of just kind of like funky, weird stomach, not feeling great. But other than that, like I felt So then you good. didn't get in this. I know what some people get in this kind of hamster wheel of is the Chemo, side effects of chemo baths, they take another medication to hit those side effects, which has its own side effects, which mm -hmm. they take another pill to take mm -hmm. hit those side effects. Mm -hmm. So you get into this kind of hard oh, yeah. hamster wheel of things with so much medication in your system. Yep. Yep. So you never really had that. Because no, I didn't have to You take... didn't have to take these side effect kind of. No, pills. I didn't take any of the anti-nausea stuff. I didn't mm -hmm. take. On your own free will? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just didn't feel like I needed to and. Um, and you feel like these other things that you were taking with oh, Mike were, help, were helping yeah. with all that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause they set me up on a whole protocol. It was, I mean, I was doing, there, there was a lot of things that went into that part. It was taking out as many toxins as I could changing our water filtration system. Um, I went on a keto diet during that time. Um, I was on different supplements and, um, yes. Yeah, so I, I really believe that's what kept me feeling the way that I was feeling. And it also, it did fight the cancer because when I was diagnosed, it was a 2.6 centimeter tumor and it just kept shrinking and shrinking every time we would get it checked. And, um, going into, <laughs> so I've got to, I'll have to go into at, at this point, I am, am feeling good, but then hit this point in February, in September, sorry, where I was not feeling good. And I thought it was COVID because I would run like fever and be lethargic and kind of achy. And then I'd feel better. And But that went on for a couple of different times. So then I talked to my oncologist. He runs a whole bunch of blood work and finds out my liver enzymes are through the roof. Mm. So at this point, I stop all treatment. And All even chemo, through that, everything, yes, okay. even through that, my tumor was still shrinking. Okay. But yes, so at, at this point, um, he has me on a very high dose of steroids and I'm on it for about, let's see, about a half a month, I think. And he has me immediately he wants me to go to a liver specialist just to make sure that we're not missing anything. And, and so I'm under his care as well. I go in 
for blood work and he calls me and he says, you need to get to the hospital because your numbers have not gone down. They've gone farther up the other way. So September, liver enzymes go through the roof under the care of the liver specialist. You're in the hospital for a bit. October, yes. Mm -hmm. After Emma's birthday, he calls me, says you need to go to the hospital. Go in for three days and they run every test possible. The liver specialist there at the hospital was fantastic. And she just did looked at everything she possibly could to make sure there was nothing else that she was missing. I have to say, when I went into the hospital, and I know this changed the atmosphere because I went into it in a very negative place, very dark place, because at that point, I had mistreatment. I had mistreatment. Everything was being delayed. I had this... In my head, I was going to be finished with all my treatment and surgery and everything by the end of December. Mm -hmm. That was the original plan. Because of this, I'd missed treatment. And even before that, I'd had to miss a couple of treatments because my white blood cell count was so low. So I'm way far delayed. Your integrated treatment. All treatment. No, all, all treatments. treatments. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. yeah. My white blood cells were down. There was some integrative stuff that I was still doing yes. with the white blood cell count being mm-hmm. low. But when my liver enzymes went through the roof, that's when yeah, we stop stopped everything. everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because your liver is what processes all that, right? Am I yeah. remembering that correctly? So oh, that yeah. means you don't want anything extra going through it right. if it's yeah. in trouble. Yeah. So, so then you're... You're in the hospital, it sounds like, a bunch with all the liver issues, mm-hmm. right? And those eventually get rectified? Uh, so, yes. Yeah. So, well, I have to say, when I went into the hospital, I, and I know it was the Holy Spirit, I went to the restroom before they hooked me up to everything, and I just started praising God out loud. Just started praising Him for... What made you want to do that? Uh, How the, do Holy you the, the Holy Spirit. Because you go in, you feel fearful, oh, dark. Yeah. Yes. And you just walk and, in going, I'm going to have a change of heart. Yep. Yep. And you know, that, that is one of the things that can back the enemy off is praising God. And so that I think is why the Holy Spirit just kind of put it on my heart to start praising out loud. And so I did in the bathroom. And, um, so yes, so got hooked up, everything was fine, but they're still trying to get my numbers to come down. So by the third day, um, and that night my oncologist came in, it's like eight o'clock and he walks in the door. He's You don't find doctors like this. He is, for a traditionally trained doctor, he is fantastic. Um, So he comes in, and he had been talking to different colleagues all day long, trying to figure out what to do. And he said that he talked to a colleague. They said to put me on immunosuppressive. So it's one that they give you if you've had an organ transplant to keep your body from rejecting the organ. So at this point, it's an autoimmune hepatitis is what they believe it is. The immunotherapy will sometimes cause your immune system to start attacking organs. So mine chose my liver. So he gets me on the immunosuppressive. I come out of the hospital. My numbers are coming down and down and down to a point where they're like, okay, let's just go ahead and do surgery, remove everything, and then we'll see where we are. And at this point, you know, I've, been praying and just talking to God and I just it's on my heart that I'm done that I don't care what my oncologist recommends I just know I'm done and I feel at peace with that I I was not going to do any more treatment I just knew that um 
because I was open to what needed to be done. But like I said, I truly don't think that God wanted me to go the route that I went anyways. That was my free will that chose that route. I think he had a different plan for me. So, but fear guided me into a different, a different plan. So I end up having surgery November 8th, I think. And um, they remove everything. They can't, you know, when the surgeon, my breast surgeon was in there, she couldn't find the tumor. It wasn't until it got sent to pathology that they were, they were cutting into the tissue that they were able to find the tumor. It was a 0.7 millimeter, so about the size of a pencil eraser. It went um, from 2.6 centimeters to, to 0.7 millimeters. And this is eight weeks, at this point, eight weeks with no treatment. Mm. So it could have gone the other way yeah, where yeah. it grew mm-hmm. and it didn't. It mm. continued to shrink. And that's, you know, that's all God. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so I have surgery end of November. We end up, Eric and I and Emma end up with either COVID or the flu. I have no idea what it was. Yeah, we don't take the I'll, test. No. <laughs> nope. We're sick. We're just going to go old exactly. school sick. We that's just don't right. feel good. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I end up we're sick for, I don't know, a couple of weeks. And, and, you know, this is just a few weeks after a double mastectomy. So my liver, I think, just kind of freaked out again. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't feeling good. And I told Eric, I was like, I feel like I, I did when my enzymes went through the roof. And Micah had done a bunch of blood work. And he said, how are you feeling? And I was like, uh, not the greatest. And he's like, yeah, because your liver enzymes are through the roof again. So I call Dr. Melmid and get back on the immunosuppressive and the steroids. And at this point, we had already had the conversation with Dr. Melmid, my oncologist. And, it, you know, we just had a, a virtual visit. And he asks, you know, what are you thinking about treatment? Because I was still supposed to finish my treatment. So I had four of the, of the chemo treatments that I was doing, and then four more of what's called the red devil. Oh, I remember the red devil. Not me personally. So yeah, I hate, I don't even like that name. Well, it's a horrible name, Mm. but it sounds like Mm -hmm. it's a horrible treatment. Mm -hmm. Horrible. So yeah. So I was supposed to go through that still like that's, that was the protocol was to finish. Yeah, Cause that's the thing that kind of kicks it back like that's the final nail in cancer's coffin for lack of a better word right the end even Uh, though it's out of your body for traditional treatment yes yeah but the thing is is that chemo is created to target cancer Cancer. or tumors yeah not cancer stem cells not free-floating cancer cells that you know, are still going through your body. So did you deny the treatment then? Well, when we talked it? to my oncologist, I told him, I said, I think I just need to be done. And he said, I agree. And he said that he had talked to his colleagues and his colleagues recommended that I finish the eight rounds of treatment. And he disagreed with them. Mm. Again, I think that's another one of those. For me, it was another one of those God things. Um, and so he agreed that we just needed to be done. And I knew in my heart that that's what I needed to do. That's what I felt peace about. So 
so yes, so I end up getting sick, getting back on, well, my liver got sick. So I got back on the steroids and the immunosuppressive and Dr. Melmed's constantly monitoring my numbers. But at this point, when I, when I, I had to meet Dr. Ben Edwards because he was the one prescribing my high dose vitamin C. So I became a patient of his. So when I went last summer in July, I went to meet with him and we sat there for two hours talking about everything. And he, that's when he asked me if I had, you know, any kind of, you know, unforgiveness that was maybe, you know, not that I think unforgiveness keeps you from healing, but it can, I, it can be a barrier that doesn't allow for full healing. Um, and so we just kind of talked about that. But anyways, he prayed with us. He gave me a prescription, quote unquote prescription. And it had, um, number one, to find out where my fear came from. Number two, to find out my identity, like a, a false identity, because not where you're find placing out, your identity. Right, right. Um, and then it had, oh, no, I'm sorry. Number one was Angie one of his wellness navigators who she deals with. He's got four, four pillars that he talks about, um, nutrition, hydration, movement, and peace, the peace pillar, but it's a God focused. So Angie is a spirit, a wellness navigator that he has talked the peace pillar to people about. So that was number one. Number two was the fear. Number three, the identity. Number four was his email address. So it's a cute prescription. This, <laughs> yeah. So this prescription had been on my fridge the entire time. So fast forward to when my liver's sick again in November, December. This is January that I'm still dealing with all the liver enzymes. And I'd listened to a podcast with Dr. Edwards and Andrew Womack. He had Andrew Womack on his show. And I listened to that and then it clicked just, I think again, just Holy Spirit saying, oh, remember? And Angie, I remembered her email address and I was like, I'm going to reach out to her to deal with the peace the pillar stuff. Oh, and the peace, the pillar. peace pillar. Okay. Yes. Because I just had this, I was doing all these things and I know it was the Holy Spirit that said, stop going to all the things and, and go to the one who can truly heal. So I'm like, okay, well, how, what do I, what does that mean? How do I do that? Mm -hmm. So I reach out to Angie and she just unloads. I mean, I, I wish I would have recorded that first mm -hmm. call because she's just going through, you know, all the things that Jesus did and how he healed everyone that he, everyone that came to him, he healed them. So, it just, it was my own personal revelation, my own personal aha moment that I don't have to do all these things to heal because Jesus is the one who can heal. So yeah, so um, I just, I had this feeling of how am I ever going to, I know I'm not going to go with conventional treatment, so how am I going to keep up with my healing? How am I going to keep up with all of the functional integrative stuff that I was doing? It was overwhelming and it was a lot. And it was like, how am I going to do this every year? And then I'd found different 
people that had gone on similar journeys and done the integrative route. And it's like all of the things that they were doing on a daily basis to keep their health up. Mm. And I just knew it wasn't that difficult Mm. that God doesn't make it that hard for us to be well. He knows he knew where the world was going to end up. He knew it was going to end up in a place that it is right now. He didn't, he doesn't expect us to do all of those things to be able to be well. Um, and so it was just these constant revelations, listening to different biblical pastors, teachers, and, and reading the Bible through different eyes and seeing it differently and, and understanding that God wants us, he wants us all well. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, and I only do what the Father does. What did Jesus do? He went around healing everyone. I believe healing was then for then, and I believe it's for now. And I believe it can 100% be divine healing, that he doesn't need the assistance of any doctor. Mm. But if that's where you're putting your faith, then a lot of times that's how God heals you, is through a protocol that a mm. doctor puts you on. But I don't believe it has to be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just where I've put my faith I've put all of it all of my trust into God with that being said have you you I know the answer so I'm going to ask ask it this way your enzymes and all your liver mm. things have you gone back and had that checked so I how were how was all your of my numbers now? so all of my numbers in this was January um and like I said I'm leaving out a lot there's so many bits and pieces but in January I was still getting weekly blood work done. Talked to Angie, had my own personal aha moment. Mm. Um, was diving into scripture and just learning everything I could about God's nature. So my numbers were, they should be around 50 or below your enzymes. So at that point they were still, I mean, they'd gotten up to 3,000, 5,000. Oh yeah. So at this point, they're still 500, 300, still Mm -hmm. extremely high. I have this personal aha moment and I go in and all of my enzymes are in normal range and all of my blood work for the first time Mm -hmm. since I started getting blood work, everything was in normal range. All of my blood count, all of my metabolic functions. Mm -hmm. So um, you walk out feeling like what? I mean, I can't even explain how I felt, you know. And is this in January, you said? This was January. This is January. Uh, No, this was February. Okay. February. So, yeah. So, I'd been, you know, monitoring my enzymes Mm -hmm. since November when they spiked back up. And are you still having to go back back for blood work every Mm -hmm. X number of weeks? And how have things looked since February? Uh uh, when no, I had no, I have oh, not gone have, back in. Oh, you haven't gone back oh, no. in. Oh, okay. No, so you have no. not gone back in for no. blood work since. Okay. No, no okay. I, I, uh, that's when everything shifted for me. Um, mm. and this is, this is what I truly believe and people aren't going to probably fully embrace it or, or understand it, but I don't believe I have to go do any of that anymore. God is just, I am in a different place because I see through a different lens. Mm -hmm. I see it through a different perspective of God wants us well. 
He doesn't want us to be sick. He doesn't put sickness on us. That's not part of his plan. Um, Because I know 100% the God that I experienced when I chose to believe is not the same God that would take me from my three kids. Mm. Those two just didn't go together. That's just not part of his plan. And so just really learning the Bible and his nature, it just shifted something in me. It changed me once again. And I'm just, I don't feel that I have to go get checked. Mm -hmm. I don't. How does Eric handle that? Um, in the very beginning, when I told him, I was like, I'm not because I had done an integrative treatment for my liver in January that, and this is a thing I'd got set up with an integrative, um, Function, uh, integrative can- cancer treatment center mm-hmm. in Grapevine. And they were doing um, alpha lipoic acid IV treatments to help my liver. So it was $1,000 to get on as a patient, $250 a pop for this mm. liver treatment. So in the middle of that is when I had all this revelation of God's love and him wanting us to be healed and whole. And, and so I told Eric, I was like, I don't think I need to go have these treatments done anymore and he's like uh we just started yes you do and I was like no I really don't and so then I explained to him why I felt that way and so at that point he was totally he was like okay I get it he was totally on board Mm. so so yeah he fully supports and believes the same way Mm -hmm. um thankfully he's done his own right digging in during Mm -hmm. this time as well and you know, the Holy Spirit kind of guiding him as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so he's on the same page. So you're feeling good now. I am. You're off of keto. I'm off of keto, yes. <laughs> you're eating a little bit more sugar now, not as much. Yes, yes. But you're feeling good and walking yeah. with the Lord well and viewing him in a different light and yep. seeing his nature Yep. and learning and growing. Yep. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, as you were going through this, I just kept on thinking, Oh, and she, and you communicated all this so well as you were going through this. And our mom would be so great because we would meet for coffee mm-hmm. and talk about the fear and things like that. Yeah. Yep. Um, and she, Ashley, because she's not, Ashley's not a talker, but her mom would, they would be always be in the car together and Ashley would be driving and her mom would be next to her. And I'd ask, ask Ashley a question and she'd just be like, and her mom would stick around and, and answer it for you. And you'd be like, <laughs> so her mom, you. her mom is a talker. Yes. And I was like, thank you. More of a talker than like, me. Yes. Yeah. Thanks mom. And she didn't have energy. Like she was just t- yeah. like just enough to yeah. get in the car, drive and go get but it was funny. We'd always, I'd ask questions and her mom would pop her head around and be like, I don't know. I'd be like, thank you. So, <laughs> Fill you in quickly. Thank you. Um, do you fun. have any more questions? Cause I do want to end with our lightning round questions for her. No, thank you thoughts? for sharing your story. Of it's a sweet testimony and, um, it's encouraging and sweet to hear. Um, and to see the smile on your face, you just, you kind of glow with it. It's kind of sweet. Yeah. Um, and fun to, um, see where life has you right now. That's, and it'll be, fun to hear about how, you know, what God does in this life mm-hmm. that he's given you and where you I'm plan very to go excited. and what yeah. you're going to do with it. And yes, that's um, what I'm trying to figure out right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, well, what a great testimony too to say, you can say no to the doctors on things mm-hmm. or I don't want mm-hmm. to do that. I don't mm-hmm. think people know that. Mm-hmm. I don't think people well, feel that they can go, Oh, I can do something else. that's good for me at the same time of doing chemo. Right. I don't have to just do chemo. Right. And yeah, we you just have trust to advocate the protocol. for yourself. Yes. Yeah. That's what and I learned really, from you. And really research and find out information mm-hmm. for yourself because otherwise you're going to be on the same protocol as everybody else. 
And that's the thing. Like you're sitting at that, sitting there getting your chemo. What's yours? What's yours? And you're all like, we're all the same, but we're four different humans that have four different genetically. That's always, that is definitely always been a problem with Mm -hmm. any of these diseases with the protocol stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all the same. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And again, I just don't think it, it has to be all of that. I think if you can just, you know, learn God's nature and, and grasp that he doesn't want you sick, Mm. um, that those things, your body can start to heal because Mm -hmm. God has built that into every one of our bodies. He's built in healing without any help from anything else. Mm -hmm. But if you're in a, a state of fear, then your body, you're going opposite. Right. So it just can't heal. No. Fear hinders many things for mm-hmm. sure. Okay. This is much lighter. Okay. What is the last show that you binge watched and loved? Oh gosh. I have no idea. Are you not a show person? I'm not. You're a podcast person, clearly. Yeah. You and Eric yeah. don't watch shows? No. I don't even know. Virgin River? I say good for you. <laughs> Nothing. I good just, for you. You know, she can be our first person that's never that's always I don't I've never watched anything I, don't I mean we have not lately but not lately yeah. no I mean I think the last thing we were watching was uh what's the one on Greg actually we we're talking to Greg about it um on Apple with Jason Sudeikis Ted Lasso Ted, Ted Lasso yes Thank you. yes Greg is my husband who she's talking about yes yes, <laughs> yes. So we love Ted Lasso in yes. our house. so yes. yeah that, that was, was probably one. the last one that we watched but we didn't I didn't even watch all of this yeah. Last season. This last season. I don't think I finished it either. Yeah. Okay. What is something that people often get wrong about you? Um, I think because I am more quiet and reserved, I think I might come across as not nice. I don't know for sure. That's just the way I feel. Oh. Um, and, I think and that maybe... happens to people who are more reserved sometimes. Yeah. I do. Like I have a couple of friends that they're quiet too. Yeah. And people do think, do they like, they, they'll ask me do they like me? Yeah. Did I make them mad? I'm like, no, they really are just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They just like, internally I'm not, take everything I'm not in. judging. No. Yeah. I yeah. just, yeah. I just, am, I'm not a talker. Yeah. I'm a, just sit back and listen I do and think that happens take things in more reserved people sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I see it in Emma because Emma gets, she gets quiet and mm-hmm. kind of once she's comfortable with you, mm-hmm. you know, you see right. her for full personality, but I've seen her with new friends that she doesn't know. And she's just, it's almost like, you know, you mm-hmm. can see that it's, it seems like she doesn't like them, but it's just that she's not comfortable until she's comfortable. Right. right. So, That's yeah. Funny. What is your biggest pet peeve? Oh, gosh. I mean, just surface le- level silly, probably when the kids drop sugar on the floor, anything sweet. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's the first thing that comes to my head. Okay. That's yeah. good. I like yeah. that. That's one. That's funny. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. The noisy narrative is about cutting through the noise and getting to the heart of the matter, which is the name of this podcast. What okay. is your narrative right now? So you fill in the blank, blank narrative. I always reframe it as like, what season are you in? Um, I am in or a what's season. your narrative? What are you thinking? What goes through your brain? I mean, right now it's, it's honestly, I'm trying to, I feel like God wants to use more of my story mm-hmm. and I feel like I, I don't articulate it well all the time. And so I'm in this place of trying to get to where I can really get across what I feel in my heart he wants me to get across. Mm-hmm. And then just trying to figure out 
what I what what do I do with this? Where do I take it? So you a know? clarification narrative. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're yes. actually cutting through the noise too a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. And you're There's speaking a lot well. of stuff that comes at us all the time. And so I think sometimes it is hard to kind of push away the stuff that's mm-hmm. peripheral. The noise. Mm-hmm. The noise. The noise. And focused on the stuff that the Lord mm-hmm. wants us to focus yes. on. Yes. Okay. This is the last yes. question. You are in heaven and you're looking down at your funeral. What do you hope people say about you? Um, I, I just want to, I want to help free somebody else. Mm. so I would I think I would love it if somebody looking down if I heard people say you know through her story I found my freedom you know I there's like I said this podcast could have been hours and hours long if I would have really gotten into everything but I don't have I dealt with God I dealt with the fear and I don't have that fear that fear that attached to me at 11 is, has no control over me anymore. Mm. And it controlled me for 31 years. Mm-hmm. It controlled everything that I did. And because of Jesus, I am free from all of that fear. And I want to help someone else learn that same freedom. And we haven't even had time to get into how that's impacted the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Like being free from that kind of oh my pervasive kind of crippling, it cripples you, it paralyzes it you, not just in the area of your health, oh, but in other all the things. Way around. I mean, it impacts your parenting and yeah. your marriage and the decisions you make. Everything. And your kids. So, and your, yeah, and my for kids. sure, your kids, yeah. your, yes. your parenting and all the yep. other stuff and what you would and would not let them do. So, so she didn't even have a chance to talk to, about that. Yeah. <laughs> to get into that part of it. Yeah. Cause she's, you know? she's, she has seen the effects of her anxiety. I'm speaking for you. I'm so sorry. No. I know you're right here, but seeing the effects of her fear and anxiety on her Our kids. children oh sure yep. but then sure. learning to be but after the fact and then helping because I, I would always go god it's so impressive that you have these coping tools that you know but she's learned them and now she has to pass them down yeah mm-hmm. which i'm sure if you could redo it deal with that before so that you're not passing that down to your That's kids right. yes i heard somebody say today um that it was on the ticket actually they were talking about it how if you walk like your dad, it's because you've seen your dad walk. It's not yes. genetics. It's not something That's that you're exactly built with, but right. it's you've watched them. And I just thought, oh, God, what have my kids watched me do? Yep. Not even walk, but just live or function oh, yeah. or process in a negative way that mm-hmm. they're doing now. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And, it's, and then I'm like, oh, Lord, please forgive me. Wait, all these me. things we're modeling. We don't even. Yes. I know, but we have to be reminded realize. that we're modeling because mm-hmm. I don't think, I think we have too much noise in our way. And I think Satan likes to keep us busy. So that we don't realize exactly. how horrible we're modeling right. and how horrible it looks. And it looks nothing like Jesus. That's right. And if we're image bearers, we should be modeling what he yes. is. Yes. That's and that's what word. has changed. I'm not, I don't, and I can, cause Ellie was one that dealt mm-hmm. with anxiety yes. and I know it was it, that, that came from just mm-hmm. me dealing with it. Mm-hmm. But now I can teach her how to stand differently from, um, a godly way mm-hmm. that will give her a, a way of standing now for the rest of her life and not just a coping mechanism for like I gave her before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's I would about- give her coping mechanisms and now I'm giving her mm-hmm. scriptural truth that will change her whole life. Her whole life. And it already has life. like compared to where she is now yes. compared to is huge. Yeah. So well, thank you so much yes. for coming and sharing your story. Thank you I for having me. I appreciate it very much, Ashley. It's been a joy to talk with you. 
Um, we've been talking for a long time, but thank you so much. <laughs> everyone who comes, like, it's hard. We have to cut off because, like, I mean, we can't go for three hours. But, I mean, everybody's I stories, your story is is um, wonderful, and it's sweet to hear you talk. So, anyway, Hopefully that's it. it all made sense and I didn't jump around too much well, and you confuse know, everyone. People are used to us jumping around anyway. <laughs> At this point, if they've stuck with us for this long, they're kind of used to the. Well, <laughs> if you want to talk with Ashley, that, you can reach out to me or Debbie, yeah. and we can give you Ashley's for information. Sure. So if you hear Ashley things, yeah. or you want, and what you've already, I've already sent you to. a couple of ladies, yep. and she's been amazing okay, helping good. them and giving them resources. So thank you for that. Yes. Also. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, everybody, um, that's it from Noisy Narratives for this week. Um, until next week, we will talk to you later. Bye. Life can be amazing.